Blog Talk Radio. We are the UR Tennis Network. Our mission is to be the voice of tennis. We enlist a team of passionate enthusiasts to promote our sport. We strive to bring interesting perspectives on the many spins of tennis. Our goal is to provide the learners of our sport with current news and information from many angles. We seek active participation from communities interested in tennis, but tennis is not interested in them. We are expanding our outreach. Tennis is a true lifetime sport that needs to be talked about, and the UR Tennis Network pledges to pursue this idea relentlessly. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network, where you'll find all your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journeys with our mentors. Tennis is a wonderful sport which can be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey, and our mentors can provide the roadmap for your journey. Each week I will be interviewing these tennis mentors, coaches who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. They have authored books and papers on tennis and continue to give back today. Who are these mentors? Well, each week you will hear, each Thursday, you will hear, depending on which Thursday it is, the first Thursday is Alan Fox, the second Thursday is Chuck Reesey, the third Thursday is Dr. John Murray, and the fourth Thursday, today, you will hear our mentor, Coach Scott Williams. And on the fifth Thursday, when that happens, well, stay tuned and see who joins our mentors. Excuse me. I would like to thank the Yellow Ball Network CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our tennis network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you are missing out on useful information. Of course, we are in our, well, we're over two years now doing our Block Talk radio program. Uh, Lisa Stone is, I think, five years. Uh, Chuck Reese, American Tennis, is, uh, I think he's entered his uh, fifth year, too. But the nice thing about Block Talk radio is that if you can't tune in live, on Tuesday to hear Lisa Stone and her parenting aces, or on Wednesday, Chuck Reese and his American Tennis broadcast, you can listen at any time you choose. And on Thursdays, because I believe Dr. King when he said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, each Thursday I will add my personal views on North American Tennis and naturally, you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. The Almighty willing, you will also be able to continue reading my views in Florida tennis. Florida tennis. This issue out now is the 25th anniversary. Hard to believe that Jim Martz is producing 20. Five years now, Florida tennis. Uh, and the, I might add that uh, besides Florida, you're going to find an awful lot of stuff going on in Florida because Florida is really the mecca for uh, 
tennis news now, but you will find information from all over the country there. So if you're, as I have previously expressed, on my views in Florida tennis, and I should say on this show, if you disagree with me and you want to express your disagreement, you can do so by emailing me at coachdenise.fhstca at att.net. That's Coach Denise, D-A-N-I-S-E, period, F-H-S-T-C-A, at att.net. Who knows? Maybe I might even share your views on the uh, broadcast. Or, uh, or like I did in the uh, last in this issue of uh, Florida uh, tennis, when I had the second part of uh, my article on is high school tennis an after-school sport or an after-school activity, and um, I expressed a couple of views I received, one from uh, Great Britain and one from uh, Germany. So um, I think they made good points. I don't think it addressed the issues, but you'll have to read the article uh, to see uh, what they had to say. But I do listen to your views, and I do share them uh, whenever I can. Remember, if you're not subscribing to Florida Tennis or someone has taken the last copy of Florida Tennis from your pro shop, you can always read the last issue on our FHSTCA.org website. And you can also find all my articles under the resource section. And, of course, when you go to the home page, you can find our mentors' uh, websites right on the home page. If you go under, it'll rotate around, and you'll see uh, uh, today's uh, mentor, Scott Williams, uh, his site. You'll see Alan Fox's website. You'll see Dr. Uh, John uh, Murray's website, and uh, of course you'll receive, also see the legend uh, Coach Chuck Greasy. I should stop by saying that. I should say the Hall of Famer because I think uh, I'm blessed to have uh, four mentors on each week uh, that are uh, in that uh, legend territory. But besides Florida tennis celebrating its 21st 25th anniversary, I also want to thank Wilson Tennis for over 100 years in the sport, and uh, I've been blessed to see uh, two-thirds of that. Uh, I wish I could be around to see uh, what they have to follow in 100 years. I'm sure it's going to be exciting. District 15 NJTL, now in its 20th year of providing tennis programming. Flagler Insurance special organization who understands that our future leaders are now in high school. Uh, we've been proud to be associated with them for the last couple of years. And, of course, Team Connection Tennis, who reminds us that tennis fuels life. I think we have another, I know we have another special show for you today. Uh, I've been uh, blessed to uh, know our mentor, Scott Williams, for quite a while. He helped me put together our certification program for the FHSTCA. Uh, he's been a, uh, a speaker at our workshops a few times, 
And uh, one of the things, one of the things that I enjoy so much, which kind of leads into today, I think you know by now that I do believe that uh, the Almighty does guide us through what we're doing. And uh, while we're not privileged to have His plan, uh, there is a plan there. And I think about going through what we're doing now. Uh, last week, for instance, uh, the subject was uh, a sports psychology. Is it time to have uh, a sports psychologist uh, on the uh, team there? And this week's uh, theme, uh, Scott Williams uh, wants to talk about team. And, uh, of course, we'll get into the importance of uh, team and why a team and uh, who should be on the team and all that. But seeing him and hearing him at our workshops over the years, and uh, one of the questions always comes up, uh, you know, what's the difference when you're uh, uh, coaching Tommy Haas or you're coaching a WTA player and uh, coaching uh, the high school team? And I think the thing that excites me so much is his belief that really, if, if depending on your philosophy, if, philosophy, excuse me, if it is like his and it's one I've adopted and believe in, then there really doesn't have to be a difference. And I'm sure uh, we will get into it uh, today. I think I see him on now. Uh, Scott, are you on? Hi, John. I'm here, and thank you for the invite, as always. It's a great honor to be on the show. Thank you uh, for being on the show. Uh, I haven't got started to tell the people anything uh, uh, about you yet. I haven't gone into, uh, you know, you're in 2015 uh, started the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, Tennis. Uh, of course, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes have been around for a long time, but uh, tennis, like in my opinion, in many high schools, it's a secondary thing, and it's uh, not treated with the respect it gets, and you bringing that in. But of course, you've um, before that uh, you've uh, brought the um, tennis ministries in. I think after your first book, if I'm not mistaken. So what I'd like you to do is, if you would, just give me a, give the audience that don't know you a little introduction about yourself. And before we get into your uh, subject, which I think is a great subject, and we will get into it, I promise, but being you were with Tommy Haas last night, uh, (laughs) in all the years that I know you, the question always comes up. So uh, please, introduction and a little bit about what happened at Del Rey last night. Well, thank you, John. you know, I think the best way to describe my life in the game of tennis is I'm a tennis journeyman. Like the listeners, I'm very passionate about the game. Uh, growing up in Washington State, I played high school tennis. I went on to play at Eastern Washington, college tennis. Then going over to Europe, I started playing uh, professional club tennis and then went on to the Pro Tour. 
So uh, love the game, love all aspects of the game, from teaching, coaching, playing. Um, it's just a wonderful sport, and it's a, just a fantastic platform for us to really make an impact in people's lives. Well, thank you, and I think that's uh, so important. Of course, that's the theme of our broadcast and why we're blessed to have you back on the fourth Thursday, and uh, we have a regular schedule, because what we're talking about really is, you know, tennis, uh, just being one of the vehicles you're going to take on your journey uh, through life, and if we do it right as coaches, and that's why I'm excited about your topic today, the team, because it is important. And, of course, when you said that, I was thinking about teams like uh, regional uh, teams and uh, high school teams and college teams and Davis Cup and Fed teams and USTA League team. But it actually goes, can go, and go all the way to where you were last night as part of a team with uh, Tommy Haas. And, of course, my own biased view, I think, even though tennis is an individual sport, that the great thing about starting with high school tennis is that if you learn how to become part of a team, then it's going to help you later on because no matter how good you are individually, at some point, if you're successful, I think you have to be part of a team. So... Why don't we yeah. start with last night, and then we'll get to what your subject, what you wanted to talk to, and I'm sure we'll get to it all, but if we don't, um, you know, we we have many months ahead, the Lord willing. Well, of course, um, you know, yesterday was, well, actually yesterday itself was a rain out, but the day before, uh, Tommy Haas, who's now in his 20th year on the men's professional tour. He's one of five active players who has over 500 wins on the ATP tour. And he was playing his last match here in Delray as uh, a top professional. Now, interesting to note on the men's senior tour of the five uh, senior men that uh, of the three senior men that were playing in Delray in the uh, senior championships, uh, three of them were younger than Tommy, who is now one of the oldest players on the men ATP tour. So uh, two nights ago, he played uh, Basel Bachafeli, <laughs> extremely hard name to pronounce, um, who recently got to the finals of Memphis. And uh, he was in an absolute thriller. Uh, this was the third match that Mr. Haas has played in a year and a half professionally. Uh, he won his doubles, his first round of doubles, uh, with uh, uh, Laka uh, Papasil, which was just fantastic. And um, they had a nice win. And then uh, in the singles, he won the first set 7-6. Set. He had chances to close out the match, but his opponent just played very, very strong. Uh, he ended up pulling something in his hip, and we thought, uh-oh, this could be trouble. This might be it. And uh, he shook it off. He was down love two, ended up uh, getting to six all in the third set tie break, unfortunately hit a double fault, and then made one error, and that was the match. But, um, you know, with my theme of being on a team, 
I think there are many teams in life uh, that are very, very important for us to be a part of. And one of the nice things about the match of the night was Tommy's team that was in his box uh, was made up of myself, uh, Greg Hill, who has been Tommy's uh, longtime friend since they were both 12 years old, and doubles partner, that they reached number one in the world in doubles together. Uh, he was there. Uh, his hitting coach from California, Christian, and then um, his physio, uh, Timo, from Germany. So it was just um, we were there to support him at the tennis center, and then afterwards Greg and I and another one of his close friends went out to dinner, and, you know, we didn't talk about the match. <laughs> we, we let it lie because obviously we know how competitive he is. He wanted to win the match. He had some opportunities. We were concerned if he was okay with his hip. But the beauty of the team, as you noted in the opening, is that when life doesn't go quite the way you want things to go, uh, your team is there to help hold you up and say, here are the highlights. Here are the things you did well. Let's keep working together to, you know, reach our goals. So that, that's one form of a team uh, that I am also very honored to be part of uh, after all these years of him playing on the tour. Well, and it's, uh, I think it's a great experience. You, you can't help but to feel for the, the gentleman with the problems he has now at his age and being his final year. Of course, we like to, everybody dreams about going out, you know, so well. But being limited, now he can't even, he's as te- tournament director in uh, Indian Wells. He won't be able to play there. So really, it, it, it's hard to get into a routine playing regularly. So it's going to be an interesting year for him. But I'm sure uh, he appreciates uh, all the blessings he has. And uh, looking back at it, uh, last night, uh, you know, with, with the group of you, but his team around him, I mean, I think he's going to be, he'll remember that more than he'll remember the loss. That's right. That's right. Um and you know it's funny because uh, he played doubles today uh, versus his longtime friend Max Burney, who he's been at the academy with, who was originally in you know um, our top group there that was made up of Max Murney, Justin Gimblestop, Tommy, Greg Hill, um, a number of other top pros that went on to do very well on tour. And um, he lost to Max today with Papa Sill, seven six six two. But, you know, what was nice was he said, you know, normally, Scott, this is actually the first time in my career I've ever stayed to play doubles. Uh, he doesn't typically play doubles. But he said the reason was because, you know, you and the rest of my team live here. <laughs> and I thought that was very uh, – that was a nice thing for him to say because, you know, the feeling was obviously we, we loved watching him and supporting him. And he he really was that first set, as I say, in this third match back playing – as just about as well as he did in uh, 2002. Um, Let's get to your subject because I think it's an important one. And, you know, as a tennis director at King's Academy now, what you're doing there is fantastic. But past uh, taking, uh, winning the high school state championship and then recently, uh, you, coaching the USDA teams, uh, which are 
individuals out there, but for a time, maybe you'd like to just tell the audience a little about what you're trying to do because they are a team when they're there. And I think that's uh, how do we sit there and develop a team? Who are the people you're looking for? Uh, one of my arguments with athletic directors is, you know, hiring part-time coaches. And uh, uh, I say part-time because we have them there for such a short period of time. And how do you build a team uh, uh, in that period of time? Tell us what your version of your team, what you look for, and the many aspects that goes into it. Well, I think, as I I was noting, you know, there are different teams that are very important that you consider whether you want to be a member or not. And I'm not here to, you know, tell anyone what team they should be on or they shouldn't be on. I'm just going to express the different teams that, I've been fortunate enough to participate on and that I would encourage others to consider joining if they're not already. The first team, of course, is um, God's team. Now, while we are all God's creation, all God's children. So in other words, God's created us all. He's created everything in the universe, but people he's given them free choice to make a choice whether to be on his team or not. And that is, um, that's an important team to consider. Uh, that's not going to be the subject tonight as to how you can join that team, but uh, it's definitely uh, important to know what the bigger picture is before looking at other teams that you want to join. For example, uh, as a person that was traveling on the men's professional tennis tour for six to eight years, it was very, excuse me, 10 years, it was very difficult for me to um, commit to my then-girlfriend because I was traveling. I didn't get to see her often, and it was just, you know, I loved the lifestyle. But it wasn't until I actually made the choice to join God's team, knowing that I needed to make a change if I ever wanted to get married and I ever wanted to have a family, that allowed me then to make the commitment to my second team which was to my wife. And then there we built out a family. And so that is my second team that I'm a member of. Uh, the same is true for a player. How does tennis fit into the bigger picture in their life? How do they think it, it might fit? Um, quite honestly, if you ask players, uh, younger players, they don't know. But as a, a coach, you want to be able to guide them as to how they can, you know, use tennis as a platform to serve and help others while growing together as a team. So you have God's team, you have your family's team. um, And sometimes our family teams can be either highly functional or in some ways dysfunctional. Therefore the first team becomes very important because uh, while our earthly role models, our father and mother may or may not be present. God is always present uh, through his word. So we can always be connected to God, no matter what the circumstances are going around us. And and people throughout time have have done a great job of staying connected to, to God through very various challenges. So then the third type of team that um, 
we look at is perhaps a school team, uh, a high school team, a middle school team, a college team, uh, a professional tennis team, um, building your own professional tennis team or college, high school, or middle school team. Um, so that's the next layer of teams. And then, of course, you have a team at school that you participate in with your classmates on various uh, projects, say it's a science project, a history project, something like that. Um, so there's just a variety of teams to be part of. And I think that's part of our jobs as coaches. I know, uh, and coaching the high school, uh, which uh, I'm looking at in, in front of me on my desk right now, I go out, I, I don't think in 20 years I ever recited it to my players, but in Proverbs 24, uh, 27, complete your outdoor task and arrange your work in the fields. Afterward, you can establish your house. And I looked at that as if I sat there and brought them together as a team and had them supporting each other, then the, the strokes and everything, they're going to help each other that way too. So I, I think, and you and I have had this discussion before, uh, and I probably appreciate it now because I'm getting up in um, my age, but I think too often uh, old is like, well, that's old time. Now we have the new, more advanced. But going into the old book sometimes, I think it, I know it helped me every day because it reminded me the days I went out, the days I was discouraged. I had a job to do. No, I, it wasn't a task in the fields like they were talking about in the Bible, but it was that task that I had there. And if I did it well, then it, maybe I'm going to leave a little bit of effect later on. So I, I, I don't know. I just think that uh, building that team, everybody approaches it differently. And uh, I don't know if I did it right or not, but uh, I, I think you have to think about team no matter. We are not individuals. Or, I, I mean, we're individuals, but... Individually, we're not that important. That's right. That's right. And so, um, you know, we can make a great difference. You know, look at Jesus. Jesus had a, a team of 12 disciples, and he changed mm-hmm. the world. So, for me, it was the greatest team of all time. Because yeah, no question. You know, the world has and been. I know, uh, yeah. you know. I get accused of being a dreamer. Some of the people are saying I've, I've, and I love the USTA, and sometimes people get it wrong because I think they do an excellent job in so many uh, things. Uh, I, oh. I don't. I think they look at high school tennis as recreational rather than competitive, and I've been accused of being. Uh, a dreamer, but I remind them again another proverb twenty nine eighteen where there is no vision, the people will perish, so I have to dream because otherwise I'm afraid I'm going to perish, yeah, oh no, isn't it? but that ties in into the very first subject that I have in regards to teams. You said you have to dream, and having a dream is a vision, you need a vision, and so. As you know, John, when uh, I've spoken in the past at the annual convention, my first question is to the coaches and to the parents and the players, what is your vision? 
do you have a vision? Now, again, students oftentimes will say, I don't know what a vision is. And a vision is um, a feeling. It's a, a direction. It's an image. It's a desire. It's something that you want to achieve knowing that you're meant to achieve it. And that is, by the way, um, how God directs us through our passions towards our purpose. So why am I in tennis? Because I'm passionate about tennis. Why do I coach? Because I'm passionate about coaching and helping people through the game of tennis. Now, someone else might be passionate about you know, electricity. They love electricity, so they become an electrician. They, can't, they just love it. They love to think about it. They tinker with it. If I did that, I'd get electrocuted. <laughs> and I have actually once before. Changing out my uh, garbage disposal. Yeah. So that's how I learned. You know, that's not my purpose. But um, so vision comes first. And then the mission is okay, what are the steps I'm going to take to fulfill my vision? Also extremely important. So, and then finally, the values. The values that you are going to hold up while fulfilling your mission. Three key things for every team, players, parents, coaches, to consider before they start on anything. Right. Once those three have been established, now you can start to assemble the team to help fulfill the vision. And when you're assembling that team, and when the, let's get into assembling the team a little. What are the things you look for? I know what I used to try to do, but what do you look for assembling that team? Number one, I look for encouragers, not discouragers. An encourager, and that does not, that's not the same as someone who's a yes person. So within a team, you don't need, you know, six people or three people or everyone to be on the same page because they won't be all the time. They need to be on the same page when it comes to the vision and the mission and the values that the team's going to uphold. But it's okay if within the team there's diversity and differences of opinion because uh, any team is going to encounter moments of being imbalanced. And that's, that's actually a good thing because through imbalance comes growth and development and strength. So the first thing is that team members need to be encouragers, not discouragers, because there's enough discouraging things that occur in life and when pursuing competitive goals that if someone becomes a negative influence or just extremely negative, um, that can sink a team very quickly. So, encouragers uh, versus discouragers. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I can't help to think back, and I'm, I'm looking at sometimes interpretations of what things may, mean. And, you know, and I go back to you when you, you know, Match Point Ministries, when you sat there and found that. But I, I remember seeing on your tennis courts, train up, 
train up a, oh, tra- train up child, a child the way you should where you should go the and they, they will not go. depart, something like that. I don't remember exactly what it said. But yep. and, and I, you have to have people, or I shouldn't say you have to, and what seems as though, you, you know, there's no saying a bad apple. Well, I don't know if there's any bad apples, but you have to have everybody working the same thing. Uh, how do you sit there and get them aboard with that? Well, again, it just comes back to the commitment. The second quality, besides being an encourager, is um, hard work. So it, it has to be understood that if you want to be good, that's fine. Then here are the things that people that are good do. But if you want to be great, that's a whole nother menu. And are you willing to sacrifice to do the things to make you great? Because it is a sacrifice, and they, they, these are choices where um, do I eat these particular foods or do I not, for example? Do I stay up on my technology or do I get to bed so I can train? Do I get back out there and work on my game when I've had a bad loss right away? Or do I put it off to maybe next week? So uh, sacrifice is another huge part of you know, a team that's going to be great. No question about it. I, I, we use the term a uh, lot, uh, motivation. Uh, I don't know. I, I still haven't, uh, 77 years, and I still haven't truly figured out um, motivation. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if John Denise or Scott Williams uh, can really motivate somebody that doesn't have them in there. I think it's a continuous thing. I, I know I used to have, uh, parent-player meetings um, to mm-hmm. uh, start. I did that for three months before we hit the racket in in high school because I say we have to know each other, to respect each other, and to love each other because we're going to be on a tough journey and people are going to tell you if you're in the school long enough, they're going to tell you, boy, Coach Denise, he's a real pain and he's a disciplinarian. And I said, I I don't deny any of those things, but I love my players. And now, how do we get to know each other? And it takes time. I and that's yeah. that. I, I I wish I could say I did it right. I'm sure I did it right. And I'm this is the I haven't wrote a book on it because I don't know how to do it right. Yeah. And I need your help, Scott. Sorry, did I lose you there? Uh, I said I need your help, but you've you've written the uh, books, and you. Uh, how do we sit there and uh, you, you know get everybody sitting there challenging each other, but still loving each other? How do we get them so that we expect more? Are you giving all that you can give, and when do we accept that you, you know, okay, maybe this isn't for you? Like I would tell everybody, you know, when my parent player meeting, don't sign my, the contract with me until the third one. Because if you can't do the things I expect from you, that doesn't make you a lesser person. It means that i just not good enough to be able to sit there and take care of the other challenges. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with your player-parent contract, um, 
communication is the key. We know that. And so by communicating clearly what the team's objectives are and goals, boy, and then having a running update on how we're doing with, you know, our micro goals and our macro goals, uh, be it outcome or performance. How are we moving forwards? Are we getting, um, are we showing improvement in those areas of performance that we were working on? Are we showing um, that we're starting to see some uh, improvements in our outcomes as to how we're doing in tournaments and things? Uh, very, very important. Uh, you know, years ago when uh, Tommy and his doubles partner Greg were living with me, uh, which was all of, I think, almost five years, I used to post in the house on large construction paper um, things that they were doing so that they could come in visually and see how many break points did they win that day? How many times did they hold serve? How many times did they lose the first set and come back and win the match? And uh, they loved it. And then um, we had all kinds of uh, different sheets up and around the house. Uh, For example, uh, chores. How many times did they take out the garbage and and do laundry and, you know, clean up their rooms and things? So I was keeping track and, of course, rewarding them for doing those things well. Right. Well, I think that's important. And and I think you could do it at different levels. You've often uh, heard you say that, you know, coaching your high school team and coaching Tommy, that as long as your principles didn't change, and that, I think, is the important thing. Naturally, you do different things because of different capabilities and everything. But in uh, high school, and I know I've always, you know, I will say, it's, it's, you know, insisted because, they're, you know, if they didn't, you weren't going to be a captain. There were certain things I expected my leaders to be. I expect them to be working with the volunteering their time with the 10 and unders. I, I expected them when somebody was in trouble to sit there and help them out. And truthfully, I expected them when somebody was goofing off, and we all had those days, and God knows I did it uh, too often, uh, you know, you, you need somebody to sit there and remind you, no, this isn't the way the program works. That's right. That's right. And there is an accountability there. Um, you know, the, the process of being on a team, as I said, requires sacrifice. It sometimes, well, oftentimes, requires that uh, we have to take on roles within the team that, at that point in time, we may not want to. So there's a flexibility factor that you want with team members. If someone's a very black and white person and rigid and, well, let's just say they're um, a consumer versus a server. So they feel that, you know, the team should revolve around their goals and visions. That's not a good team player to have. Um, they have to realign uh, what they want to get out of a season, for example, or out of a team experience with the overall vision and the direction the team's moving. That's a key, key component as well. And typically, for example, I would have uh, highly ranked USGA players who were very focused on their tournaments, who were working with their private coaches. 
but they so thoroughly enjoy the team. I had to work out a schedule where they could be part of the team, but still have time to spend with their private coaches and allow the flexibility in certain weeks that they could go and play major tournaments. Um, on that right. note, at the beginning of the season, however, I did lay out the weeks that I had to have them as part of the team. So, for example, if it was a choice of uh, they would not be available for districts because they were going to go play the Easter Bowl out in California, um, then I said thank you, but there's no point in you taking a spot that a team member that would be here for districts could have. So, uh, as a leader of a team, of course, we have to make some tough decisions sometimes, including saying no to players that, yes, express an interest to be part of your team, but on their own terms. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, but you have to let everybody know. You know, are you willing to do the work and the, the, the you know, to, not just to be greater for yourself but greater for the team. And uh, and if you're not willing to do something, and that, and I think in tennis it's probably more difficult than other sports because, you know, if you're the number one player and you're the, you're an individual player on the court, and uh, but you're part of the team too and the team needs you. And this is, uh, this is the tough uh, part. And I, I really believe, and I know we all have biases and uh, and mine is certainly everybody knows high school uh, tennis, but I believe you have to start training them at a young age. Like you used to say, train up your child in the way they should go when they're older. Well, I think you you can't just uh, uh, sit there and see somebody. I, I, we have a couple uh, people on the pro tour that are young, and they they act obnoxiously. Well. You know, when you had, I looked at these individuals, and I'm not going to lay any names, but they never were involved in a team. So, uh, you know, we have to forgive them because uh, they were never given the opportunity for somebody like you to train them up so that they, when they're older, you know, they're going to have those habits. And uh, and I think in the busy world today with parents, uh, uh, too often – they leave it on the teacher or leave it on the coach, and it, it really requires more than that. Yeah. You know, I, um, I've recently been having some just unbelievable sessions with my friend Tim, Tim Maddock, who, uh, of course, his daughter is the number one doubles player in the world. She won the gold medal this year in doubles down in Rio. She won the Australian Open as well. Uh, in doubles, and you know, it's been so fascinating to hear uh, the team that he assembled, you know, around his daughter from an early age, and, and that's something I work together with Tim on, is to, you know, assemble teams for upcoming players um, in the role of being a developmental coordinator, which is a term I think you'll start to hear a little bit more of, and. Um, that strictly that role is to put teams together um, in the hopes of, uh, you know, producing the greatest uh, result. And as we know, just in life, there's, there's teams that have good chemistry and then teams that sometimes the chemistry, you know, 
gets off and then it gets back on track. And, you know, that's, that's just part of working out all the kinks as to what makes up a great team. Right. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, sometimes we take for granted, or, um, you know, we know and I know what you're doing with the match point ministries and, uh, you know, and I'm glad to be uh, a small part of the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes tennis program you're doing. But explain, you know, the journey you're on now and uh, what your focus is on. And let, take the next five, ten minutes and just uh, talk about it. We don't get John Denise's perspective on we We have every week. It's, that's not as important as this here. Talk uh, about that, if you would, please. Well, I mean, you know, trying to practice what I'm sharing here, um, FCA has been around for 62 years, and I noted two years ago that they really didn't have tennis as one of their sports and I thought here I am and I will say um, you know coming from Spokane Washington uh, I will simply say that God does use he uses those people who um, he builds them up God will build you up the listener as well in whatever thing you're passionate about you don't have to to be um, an expert, uh, you just have to have a, a desire, uh, the willingness to work hard, and to stay focused on your goals. And I just, I just feel like my entire life, while it's been very, very hard um, at times with tennis, you know, through disappointment and wins and losses, and then changing of jobs and things, there's been so many more peaks and valleys. Um, I just felt like you know what, I have to use this platform to give it back to God. I mean, I feel like down here we're God's hands and feet for those of us who uh, choose to be God's children. And so what I did when I set out with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes was I said, okay, what's our vision? And our vision is to train world-class tennis players to be Christian leaders using the platform of tennis to share and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to players, parents, and coaches from around the world. Do you know that last year that vision was all of two months old? And I had two coaches, Academy, in the summer camp from Uruguay. And I was stunned. I said, you know, the ink basically hasn't even dried on this vision. How are you here? How did you possibly hear about this camp starting in West Palm Beach, Florida. And they said, well, in Uruguay, um, we have FCA, and we had a visitor from Miami FCA who mentioned that you were doing a tennis ministry division for FCA. So they flew all the way up here to the U.S. to be a part of it. That's a blessing. Great blessing. And it's just that's the power of God's outreach. We had players in from all different parts of the world last year. Same thing. They were invited by friends. Um, They had visited the school. They wanted to come and and be a part of it. So, you know, that's that's pretty neat. Um, That's a confirmation is what that is, of that you're going in the direction that God's created you to move towards and to be a part of. 
The second thing was our mission. Our mission is to serve others using the platform of tennis and teaching the gospel. And we do that by returning God's love, by honoring him in all that we do. So, yes, we can pray to God, um, but as I experienced recently, this last October when I was playing with my daughter in the father-daughter state championships, we were down 5-3, and I just simply recognized the beauty and just unbelievable moment that experiencing playing with my daughter against another dad and his daughter and I was just expressing gratitude to God during the match and you know it was at that moment that I started doing that of course I was starting to cheer up a little bit because that was such a beautiful moment that the match turned yeah. around it totally turned around and we went on to win the father-daughter state championship last year but thanks to God you know, and just the opportunity to be there. So an attitude of gratitude is very important. I think that's important for team members to have and remember as well. Um, I also encourage listeners not to get in ruts. Uh, teams need to remain dynamic. They need to be doing things, um, trying things, and growing. And um, so the third part of our mission is to invite non-believing or uncommitted players to Christ. That's what we do. That's the team and um, the the gate, if you will, that people go through to become one of God's chosen uh, children. Uh, we play tennis to learn, compete, and enjoy the life experiences. And then we help players, parents, and coaches grow in their faith. So that's our, our vision, our mission. Um, our values are, you know, that we, uh, we worship through our service, um, that we minister by returning uh, love to one another and uh, even to our opponents. Um, our evangelism comes through working as a team, um, using the platform of tennis, and, and that's something that God opens the door. We never go out and, I say, force any views or hit people over the head with a Bible or any nonsense like that. You know what? We just show love. And uh, the world needs more love. And uh, boys and girls, they have a lot of questions in this world that Ziri and Google can't answer. But God's Word can answer those questions. So uh, we always have a a nice time kind of highlighting things that God's Word can answer that uh, Ziri and Google can't. Um, Fellowship, playing, you know, uh, playing tennis with one another, great time for fellowship. And for growing together, and of course, discipleship is occurring when we grow, and um, we grow in God's Word, and we learn as believers um, how to develop that relationship with God. So that's really the vision, the mission, and the values of FCA Tennis. Um, every time I drift from that, or I forget that on a daily basis, uh, I've now noted I get somewhat flat. I feel stagnant. I feel maybe I'm doing something that do I really need to be doing that right now. Probably not. But every time I come back to that vision and a mission and values, I feel really empowered and charged. And, and that's then very contagious to other people. Um, you move forward that way as a team. 
So that's really what uh, the FCA Tennis is about and uh, what we're called to do with it. And I might let everybody know that um, if you go to Scott's Tennis you on his website, you'll see all that. And, of course, if you go to the FHSTCA.org website, you know, once you see uh, Scott's, it'll come right up on our homepage. You don't have to search through everything else on there. Click on and you can go directly there. We will be adding more stuff to it. Uh, for instance, um, the blessings that I have, um, you know, right in the combination of writing the articles in Florida tennis and uh, and doing the radio uh, broadcast. And uh, the month of January was a little tough month because it seems like we were into, uh, you know, why isn't American tennis, North American tennis doing as much as they used to? And we all, why isn't college tennis you know the pathway it used to be, and uh, and uh, the money does work in uh, in strange ways. And talking to Ashley uh, Hobson at Inspiration uh, uh, Academy, he sat there and uh, put the started the show, the broadcast off right. He said the blame goes right to the top. They, they the way we were using the money and. Uh, it's, we're not, uh, we need more tournaments. And then we went into what they do in France with the mentoring. And the mentoring excites me because Chuck Reese, those of you that listen to his show, you hear him often talk about the three mentoring program. And, uh, and so the question comes in well, why isn't the USTA doing this? But my thing, I want to get back to high school because I do believe. This is where we have to start. You have to start young with the people. And Ashley came out and said, you know what, John? I will mentor during my summer programs. I will mentor one or two high school coaches. And um, he's set up some things he's looking for. And uh, if you contact him, and it, and it will be in the next issue of uh, Florida Tennis, and we will give you uh, his camp schedule. We'll give you Ed Crass and his college exposure camp schedule. We'll give you Scott's tennis uh, camp schedule because they've agreed to do the same thing. The money really does. If, if we communicate with each other and if we care for each other and we love each other, uh, you know, and the truth of the matter is there is I talked to Texas A&M. There's a lot of things have to be worked out. And let's start it this year smaller, and then we will see what goes from there. But, you know, to to go there, for instance, and everybody will set up what they're looking for. A class will set up who he'll accept as a high school coach. And Scott will talk about his criteria. But, for instance, at go to the Academy, um, Inspiration Academy, you're going to have to find your own uh, hospitality. Uh, there's plenty of condos and hotels around there. You're going to be, um, you know, active four hours a day on a tennis court, uh, uh, doing two hours of uh, conditioning with the kids. You're going to 
be involved with helping making up the uh, curriculum. You're going to be studying videos, and you're going to be uh, there. You Ashley will meet with you 30 minutes beforehand and 30 minutes at the end of the day, and he will follow up afterwards. So a high school coach that's really committed has to be committed because it's coming out of their pocket. It's coming out of their time. But if you really love this sport and you're passionate and you really want to leave an impression uh, on the players you're working with, uh, I think we're gonna. I'm gonna follow this, and I'll be talking to Ed and Scott and Ashley often about the success or failures. Everything isn't always success. What we've learned, what adjustments we'll have to make in future years, and we'll see what we can do to help bring more people. About. But I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna see the day that we pay the tennis coaches what they deserve. And I should qualify that when we pay the the good coaches what they deserve because we have too many coaches out there that are in there just for uh, titles. And that's one of the problems who comes there that, you know, uh, Ashley has made it known, and I'm sure Scott and I do the same thing. It's a a working, it's a learning process. And I think you, you get a lot more out of being involved on the court uh, with a mentor that's somebody that's known and been through this before than you do out of a classroom. And I have nothing against classrooms. I don't want to hear Coach Denise doesn't believe you belong in a classroom. I'm all for education. The FHSTCA has a tennis team coach certification program that we've done with Human Kinetics. Human Kinetics the same company that put out Scott Williams' uh, first book, uh, uh, Serious Sports, Serious Tennis, I'm sorry. So I do believe in that there. But I also believe that we're never going to get paid in the high schools what we deserve. The pays come a year later when you're invited to a wedding, when you're invited to a graduation, when you have somebody come back from the academy and they're saying, Coach Denise, just because you were in the Marine Corps, everybody doesn't want to go in there and they come back from Colorado and they say, you know, Coach, I want to go to the Air Force Academy. It's fantastic. Those rewards come from meeting people and working with people like Scott Williams and Ed Crass and other mentors and uh, Ashley Hobson. So, Scott, uh, we've run out of an hour. I look forward to talking with you uh, next month. Uh, of course, the fourth Thursday, we're blessed to have Scott with us next month. But you have the last minute of the show. Please talk to the audience. Well, John, as always, I, I thank you for your commitment and your passion and um, for your understanding as to, you know, the teams that you've chosen throughout life. And I know that we did not meet each other by accident. Um, you know, God introduces a mind to one another, sometimes a different mind, um, who then, again, come together to work on a team. So uh, I'm grateful to all the listeners. Uh, feel free, any of the listeners, to reach out to me at scott at scottstennis.com. Um, that's scott's, S-C-O-T-T-S, tennis.com. Scott at scottstennis.com. 
And uh, I'm happy to answer any questions they have or, you know, if I can give you any encouragement or uh, suggestions, I'm happy to do so. So thank you again, John, for the invite. And I look forward to uh, sharing with all of you on the fourth Thursday of next month. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, audience. Remember, next week we have Alan Fox. It's the first uh, Thursday, so Alan Fox will be with us. And tell your friends, and I look forward to talking with you then. Have a blessed week. Bye now.